but actually it gives it gave me a good opportunity to um, collate what God's been showing me, what God's been working in me um, personally over the last months, kind of year, and also what we've been doing on a Thursday afternoon, which is what we've been doing with uh, what I've been doing with the young ladies, so um, the older teenage girls on a Thursday and actually it feeds quite nicely into what Karina was saying because what we've been looking at is how to build a um, personal relationship with God and so spending time in his presence and how that can transform our lives and changes our hearts Um, and mostly I think what God has been showing me in the last few months year is how how he can transform my heart and work in my life which then works out of me into other people so my relationships with other people um and so i did some googling so i've got i've got a powerpoint (laughs) for you because it made me focus and concentrate on what i was doing do i just press the arrow okay so i started because i needed a i needed a start point so oh Okay. okay, I looked up what relationship means because the thing that God's been showing me is that other people are important. And because we're all so selfish as humans, we don't naturally put other people first. We don't think about other people, whether they're Christians, whether they're family, whether they're not Christians, whether they're someone um, in a bad situation or, or whatever. Because we're human and we're selfish by nature, we, we think of ourselves first. And so I looked up what relationship means. And it came up pretty much every single time I looked up what relationship means. These, these sentences came up. So the way in which two or more people or things are connected, the state of being connected, and the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. And that's that. <laughs> okay, tick to box. But on, a, um, on the next level, I wanted to look at what are attributes of a positive relationship. Um, and these are the things again that came up I looked at some, you know you get the friendship surveys in the teenage magazines you get questionnaires, surveys that you can tick and you see how compatible you are with other people and you get your percentage and you get your points and you work out how compatible you are with your best friend and these are all the positive attributes so there's partnership there are, it's uplifting, supportive, honest trustworthy, there's a mutual respect two way and it motivates good changes Obviously, you can turn all those around and you get the negative attributes of relationship. Um, but the reason that this is important and where I started was because relationships are the things that affect our life and the way we perceive life, the way we go through life, um, and the way we are as people. So the people you've grown up with, your parents, your family, your siblings, your teachers at school, every single person in your life has coloured some part of how you view the world um, and how you behave. So, um, right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, it says man is not meant to be alone. We're not meant to be in our own little bubble by ourselves, doing whatever we fancy thinking about ourselves. Um, and in Genesis 2 is when um, 
God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Um, And the Lord brought all the animals, all the birds to Adam. They named them, and still there was no helper that was just right. And then God went on to make Eve. So it's important that we have somebody or people we have relationships with. We're not on our own. And um, the problem is that human relationships are a breeding ground for conflict and uh, problems because there's necessary compromise and you have to think of someone else, you have to talk to somebody else, you have to consider their feelings. Um, And as a Christian or somebody who believes in Jesus, we should be prioritizing our relationships in line with what God is saying to us and who God is putting in our paths. And like Karina says, there's limitations, but how we are affects other people. That joy that comes from spending time with God and knowing what God is asking us to do um, in terms of relationships with other people. And in Genesis, God designed us to be in relationship with him. It says in Genesis that he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. When he went to find Adam and Eve after they'd eaten, even after they'd eaten the fruit, it says that God was in the garden looking for them. He was walking in the garden looking for them. Um, and he loved them and he wanted to spend time with them because he loved them. Um, and there are a handful of people in the Bible who are mentioned. Um, I mean, there are loads of people mentioned in the Bible. It's a pretty big book. <laughs> um, but I just pulled out a few who had a tagline almost when they were introduced in the Bible, and you've got Enoch, so walking in close relationship with God, Um, he's so close that he lived a really long life, then God took him, that's literally all it says, this is in a list of people, how long they lived, and their sons, that's all it says about every single other person in that list, except for Enoch, where it says that he was walking in close relationship with God, Noah, when it uh, starts talking about Noah, it says that he was a righteous man and he walked in close relationship with God. Deborah, who was a judge, um, it says that she would spend time sitting under a palm. It was the palm of Deborah is what it was called, but away from the town and people would go to her to receive her advice, her judgments. And she was a really great woman of God. Daniel, we all know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. He prayed three times a day. And in some translations, it says that he prayed continuously. Mary, Jesus' mum, when the angel came to her, she, she didn't question whatever was going inside. She said, so Lord, let it be, when the angel came to tell her she was going to have Jesus, because it says she was familiar with the scriptures. So she knew she'd spent time studying, learning about God. Um, and even with Jesus, with Mary, um, Mary and Martha, Jesus pointed out that Mary had chosen the right thing to sit and listen and spend time with God. So I hope this is feeding into what Karina said about spending time in the presence of God. (laughs) Um, But this gives us a really clear list of to-dos and ways to spend our time so that we can build our own relationship with God. Um, And I especially like the term walking closely with God, walking in close relationship, because walking suggests to me that you're just going about your daily business. So you can go for a specific walk with someone, and Mark and I used to do this more before we had children. But if we were having an argument or not seeing eye to eye, a walk is really good because it allows free chat and discussion. And also you're, you're going in the same direction. 
as someone. So as you're walking through your daily life, you, you have no choice. If you're walking with someone, you're both facing the same way. You're both seeing the same thing from the same angle. You have to walk at a pace that is comfortable for both of you. Because you can't go for a walk together if someone else is already around the corner. That's not how it works, is it? Um, and also when you're walking about whether you're on a specific walk or whether you're going through your daily life, there are times of silence. And it's comfortable silence. You're both still there. But you don't have to say anything, but you're in the same silence together. Um, obviously, sometimes it's good to take yourself off um, to pray and spend time with God like Deborah and Daniel from, these, like, from this list. Um, Jesus, it says... Um, a lot of times, but a couple of times in Mark, that Jesus got up and went to pray in an isolated place. And even when they, before he was being arrested, it says in the, when they got to the olive grove in Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray. So he took himself off to pray. And we've been following, um, in, the, in the studies that we're doing on Thursdays, one of the biggest uh, ways that this lady that writes the book um, encourages and um, gets you to look at um, things that help you to grow closer to God. And one of the biggest things of it is prayer. Um, and she gives a list of five things that prayer does, and I've just stolen it. Um, so prayer, she says that prayer increases faith. It provides a place to unload burdens. It teaches us that God is always near it trains us not to panic, and it changes lives and transforms us. And that's the one that feeds into our everyday life. It's the one that, when we spend time praying and in God's presence, our lives are transformed. Um, and that is what works out in our day-to-day. -day. That's what gives us the joy that Karina's talking about, is spending time in the presence of God and having a deeper relationship with him. And it allows us, when we have a good relationship, deeper, close relationship with God, to um, bring people to God. When someone irks you, when someone annoys you, irritates you, says something stupid, and all you actually want to do is hit them in the face, you can take them to God and say, here, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to pray for this person. And actually, when you're praying for somebody, you cannot pray for yourself. If you're genuinely praying for somebody else, you're not praying for yourself. And you cannot hate someone when you're praying for them, because if you're praying for them, they're in your heart. And if something's in your heart, then you foster a love for it. Person, thing, whatever it is, um, it's in your heart. You can't neglect and not care about a person if you're praying for them because you're thinking about them. You want to know how they are. You want to be part of their lives. And it's a gradual thing. You're not going to see them the next day, run up and give them a massive cuddle or whatever. That would be inappropriate. But you, you will gradually learn to really love that person. Um, and you'll, because you will be in a... Because you're in a relationship with God and God is in you, you are more aware of people around you and through the Holy Spirit you can hear God's promptings and God will bring you to places as you go along while you're walking through life where you bump into other people that you can show God's love to um, and it's 
the most important commandment that Jesus gives is to love, um, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And that's a massive challenge because we cannot love people the same way that Jesus loved us unless we have Jesus. Unless we have the Holy Spirit in us and we have a good relationship with God, a deep and close relationship with God, then we can't truly love people the way that Jesus loved us. Because what did Jesus do for us to show us he loved us? He died on the cross. How did God show us that he loved us so much? He gave his only son to die on the cross. And that's our role model with how we should be loving other people. And um, I've recently had this with a couple of mums at school. And they are the type of mums, they are the mums, that I have purposefully avoided and given a very, very wide berth to on the playground for five years. Um, everyone has those people. Um, but recently, in the last six weeks probably, um, circumstances have meant that I have had to cross paths with two of them regularly and be in close, enclosed spaces with them, have conversations with them. And I, I'm not joking, I was petrified the first day when the mum came, when I realised who it was and she was walking down the corridor, I was petrified. Not because she has anything against me, not because I have anything against her, but because I, I don't, I didn't know her, really. Um, but I've had to really pray about these two women. There's no way of avoiding the situation where I have to spend time with them. Um, and so I need to pray about it, and I have been praying about it, and I can say that God has softened my heart towards both these women. And I have managed to have conversations with them, and I don't dread spending Monday afternoon with, with the lady next to me. Um, and it doesn't mean that I agree with everything that they do, everything that they say, everything about them. If I did, I wouldn't be a very good Christian. But I have softened towards them, and I am beginning to love them because they're important, and they're who God has put in my path. And they are the people that my role is to show them God's love and it's a very gradual process but I'm not scared of them anymore and I'm not afraid to have a conversation um, with them so that's a real testimony really of how God does transform our lives if we're in close relationship and bringing people to him um, for people in our life who are already believers it's a bit easier, or you think it's going to be a bit easier, like Karina says, you think that everyone at church should be nice to you, should be having a jolly and uplifting each other. Um, but we're people, we're human beings, and we need God to be able to function like that. Um, so I'll, um, I just pull, I'll, just these two, because Karina really has said how we should be with other Christians. Um, but make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. And then in Hebrews it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And really, I've got nothing to say on those because it's really quite clear what God says except that I'm really grateful for every single one of you here because I know that I have a group of people who encourage me, support me, or who if I have a problem, I can send one message 
and I've got an army of people who are lifting me up. And that's amazing. And it's not just the people in this room, because there are Christians all over the world, people who believe in Jesus. And it, all it takes is one message, and there are people across the globe who are praying for you and supporting you, because they're in close relationship with God, and so our hearts are for the same thing. Um, and if, if there are reasons why our hearts are not in unity and working together and stuff, then actually, maybe we need to look at our close relationship with God, because that's where it stems from. Um, so, um, for non-believers, whizzing for you, sorry. Um, again, I just wrote them up here because it was a bit of a faff to keep turning pages in the Bible. So, um, it gives us a to-do list, the Bible gives us a to-do list for um, relationships with non-Christians, non-believers that we meet. And these ones are just from Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and they're just ways that if we have a close relationship with God, that should be coming out. If it's in our hearts, then it should be coming out of every single part of our bodies. Um, we're to be salt and light, not hidden. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's, that's what we've been saying. That's what Karina was saying. If, you, if we have a close relationship with God then we have the joy we have the other gifts of the spirit and it shows to people um, in verse 42 uh, if a soldier demands that you carry his gift for a mile carry it too give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow and of course you have to be wise in these things but if someone needs help go help them because that's what Jesus would do um, love your enemies and pray for those who prosecute you it's hard but actually if we're in a close relationship with God then that's overcomable and people who irritate us need a lot of prayer and we need a lot of prayer for praying for the people who irritate us and that's why we have a church that's why we have a Christian family to pray for us in praying for them um, if you're kind only to your friends how are you different from anyone else so I can be I can be kind to Hannah because Hannah's my friend, I have to get on with her because I see her lots. But if someone annoys me out there, I don't have to see them again. I don't have to, if I don't want to. And that's exactly what it is. If, if you're only kind to people who you know, who are your already friends, but you're not friends to anyone, kind to anyone else, then how do people see Jesus in you? You, you can't do that. And it says in chapter 6, forgive those who sin against you. If you refuse to forgive those who sin against you, your father will not forgive you. And that's a massive stumbling block with other people. Because people annoy me all the time. And I can hold a grudge if I want to. I can hold a grudge at that person that cut me up on the roundabout. You know? I don't even know that person. I didn't see their face. I probably didn't pay much attention to their number plate. But they've really annoyed me. And that will affect my day if I let it. And part of the forgiving other people is forgiving people you don't know who have done something that you can't do anything about anyway. But if you hold on to it, it means that you're blocking God in your heart, being able to transform you and show God to other people. Because they will build up. 
It could be something massive from your past, and I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm not saying it's done in seconds when it's a big thing um, to forgive other people who have done you wrong. But in terms of things that can block us from having a close relationship with God, that is a biggie. So those were, the, um, those were kind of the ways it tells us that we should behave outwardly to other people if we have a good and close relationship, walking relationship with God. And again, we can't do any of those things on our own because we are so self-centered and we are so about self-preservation as people. Um, you see the little ones, like even in here this morning, all they care about is themselves. They don't care about my happiness. They don't care about your happiness. They don't care whether the other one wants the green. And they've already got a green. They want that green. So they're going to have a fight because she wants that green, not this green. And that's, that's the picture of humans. And without God, that's how we are. Self-preserving, self-centered, and we want to be happy like Karina said, we're about us. And so we need to have a close relationship with God to be able to change that so that we're aware of other people and how we treat them and how they see us, even if we're not interacting with them, how they see us. When you walk down the street, do you smile at people? Do you catch their eye? If someone's struggling with a bag, do you offer to help them? Those are all things over the last few months that God's really challenged me on when I'm walking to work or walking up to Cotmondine is to make eye contact with people and smile. Because that might brighten that person's day. It may last for five seconds, but they'll think, hopefully something positive, not what a weirdo. But it's, it's there. And it pushes us to put ourselves out there as well, to show God to people. Um, so the most important thing that we can do, really the same as what Karina said, is to build and maintain a close praying and walking relationship with God. And the picture that I kept getting while I was preparing for this uh, is probably more aimed at giving this talk to a group of smelly teenagers or boys. So I've toned it down a little bit. Um, but it is just this, that what goes in comes out. Okay? In whatever you, you can take that however you like. Okay? But if you eat a curry and you eat loads of garlic, doesn't matter how many times you brush teeth, doesn't matter if you have a shower or not, the next day when you wake up, you are going to have an odour of something aren't you? And it's exactly the same with, with what you put in. If you put God in, if you spend time in a close relationship with God, that's what comes out. Um, and so, I want you to sweat Jesus, okay? And then rub your sweat all over everybody you meet, okay? <laughs> the Jesus sweat, not the real sweat. That's gross, okay? If you have a sweat problem, go see your doctor, Okay, but in the meantime, you should have an odor of Jesus if you are spending a close, if you are spending time with him in his presence. Um, so there's just this verse. If someone claims I know him well but doesn't keep his commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words, but the one who keeps God's word is the person in whom we see God's mature love. 
This is the only way to be sure we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. And actually, if you remember nothing else, what you, you only get out what you put in. And you just need to sweat Jesus. Leave Jesus droppings everywhere. Okay? Everywhere you go. And I know that may offend some of you, but do you know what? You'll remember it. And that is the challenge that God has been walking me through. Have a close relationship with God and Jesus comes out. And that's, that's how we're called to live. So yeah. Is that okay? <laughs>